Hello again, fellow listeners. Or if this is the first episode you happen to find, I'm happy to welcome you for the very first time. This is Juliana, and you are watching my podcast series, Is This Actually Healthy? The goal of my show is to guide you to make healthier dietary choices, but in practical ways by asking the right questions. I'm here to make you your own nutritional consultant. Today's topic is how do I read a food label and how do I use this information to judge if an item is good for me? According to the FDA website, the Nutrition Labeling and Education Act requires most foods to bear specific labels on their nutrient content claims and health messages to comply with federal regulations. One shocking fact is that many people either don't look at the nutrition label or they just don't understand it. Interestingly, a customer or a consumer survey from the Coast Packing Company done in 2016 showed that only half of 1,000 Americans included in the survey knew how to properly read a food label. This reminds me that this isn't common knowledge for everyone. Even for people who do read the labels, there's some things you may not be aware of. And I'm going to give you some quick and meaningful advice so you aren't a part of this statistic. I'm going to talk a little bit more in detail about the concept of a nutrition label using the general example provided by the CDC. You can look up this example on Google, or really you can just pick up any food product with a food label on it and follow along. This is because all the nutrition fact labels are required to have the same format. I will walk you through it, starting from the top and moving to the bottom, and talk about the key general features. The first thing that you should be tuning into is the serving size. This is given in both U.S. metrics and traditional metrics. It's important to realize that any number you read on a food label only pertains to that given serving size. And you have to adjust these numbers based on if you're eating less or more of the product. For people who are counting calories, it's a good idea to go by these serving sizes and actually measure out the food. That way you can be sure. If this is a label for cereal and the serving size is two-thirds of a cup, then if you pour yourself a whole bowl, you could be doubling or tripling the serving size. It's easy to over-portion. The second feature is the servings per container. That's pretty self-explanatory, and it's listed right above the serving size. If you're preparing by serving size, you should theoretically have enough of the product to yield X amount of servings. Moving down the label, we can see the total carbohydrates. For this and some of the other lines on this label, the values on the right-hand side are represented as percentages or as grams, which add up to a general daily value. Before we go into the specific components, I want you to know that the daily value is very arbitrary. It's not one size fits all. Because it's impossible to account for the caloric needs of each individual person due to their different body sizes, activity levels, and metabolisms, standards are set by a very generalized guideline for the average American. This is typically a 2,000 calorie diet. You can see this in small print at the bottom of most food labels. However, my caloric intake, and likely yours, is not exactly 2,000 calories. So the daily recommended value of a nutrient for you or me, may not be the same as for someone else. Don't think that just because a product says you'll get 50% of the daily value of something per serving that you should follow this exact guideline. Let's return back to the total carbohydrates and what they mean. 
Carbohydrates make up the bulk of the caloric content of many foods, and because they're so relevant, it's nearly impossible to not have them on a food label. You'll notice that total carbs is actually a sum of the dietary fiber and the added sugars. For me, these are the lines on a food label that really matter, and it makes the decision for me if I will put it in my cart. Some foods contain natural sugars from plant-based sources like fruit. You can typically tell if a product contains a lot of natural sugars if a portion of the total sugar comes from dietary fiber, since fruits are good sources of fiber. For example, this could be the case for a bag of dried banana chips. It is that added sugars line that deserves some scrutiny. Added sugars means that the sugar is not naturally present in the food, and it's sweetened artificially with a granulated refined sugar or a liquid base, like high fructose corn syrup. If your food has a high percentage of added sugars, I can't come up with any reason that this could be good for you. As we move down, we can next see proteins grouped together with some key micronutrients. I think that protein deserves its own moment of glory here. Protein is very important, and as you will hear me continuously mention throughout the show, my tip for protein is that you especially need to account for how many grams there are per serving, and I ignore the percentage value completely if one is provided. The standard nutritional guidelines for protein is only based on 50 grams per day. That is extremely low, especially for people who aren't sedentary, and I would never aim for such a small amount of protein per day. This emphasizes my point that it's that you need to know how many grams of a nutrient that you require, and that will tell you so much more than an arbitrary percentage. If I want to get 100 grams of protein per day, then I need to go by that guideline, not the percentage. So overall... Now that we've gone through the food label, I want to tell you about what components of it make up the calories. Total calories is the sum of the grams of carbs, fats, and proteins. These are all the essential macronutrients, meaning they provide us with calories and energy that we must have in our everyday diets. We haven't really talked about fats yet, which are divided into the subcategories of saturated fats and trans fats on the label. Fats have the most calories per gram, so it's good to be aware of them, but don't be freaked out if you see that there is fat in a product that you're buying. No matter what diet you're on, you are going to need some percentage of your total calories coming from fat. To conclude what we've talked about analyzing a food label, I remind you to really think about how many calories you're consuming per day. It does no good to count calories on a food label if you have no idea what your target is. And you won't really know if a food is too high or too low calorie for you. This will also help you decide what your recommended daily amounts are. Don't just go by the overgeneralized standard. Next, look at the calories per serving and be mindful that you actually go by that serving. Pay attention to the composition of carbs, proteins, and fats that make up the total amount of calories. By doing that, the nutritional content of a product is no longer a mystery. If you're wondering why a certain product has so many calories, check those fats and refined sugar lines on the label, and I bet you'll have your answer. With these tips in mind, you now have exactly what you need to make better choices for yourself using the food label. If you found this episode interesting, please tune in to future episodes where I'll continue to make healthy eating practical for you. Like this podcast or subscribe to it wherever you're listening and share it with your friends. 
You can also email me at the address I have provided in this description if you have any questions for me or ideas for future episodes. If you're on YouTube, you can check out that version of this show as well under the same name, Is This Actually Healthy? Until next time. <laughs>